Hi, welcome to the Mid-Market CFO Circle. I am Madhurima Gupta, your host. And today I have with me Michaelis. Uh, Michaelis is uh, working as a group CFO at Sidma SA, a member of Wohalco group of companies. He teaches finance modeling and equity valuation uh, as well at the American College of Greece. He has worked in the past for various multinational companies, including Vodafone SA and Hellenic Telecommunications, organization conducting a range of models for business planning, valuations, mergers, projects, uh, and data analysis. He's also an author and finance executive with extensive experience in financial planning, analysis, and modeling. So, uh, Michael, thank you so much for taking time and uh, getting on a call with us today. Would you want to say hi to our listeners? Hello. Good morning uh, from my part. A very good morning to you. So, thanks a lot for taking this time. <clears throat> so, for our listeners out there today, we are going to talk about the right uh, path CFO's office should take, digitally transforming their finance function. And... Um, this is a this is a topic which is very important to be discussed because there are times that people or CFO offices do plan to implement a digital transformation strategy, but they don't always end up being successful at it because it's not planned in the very right way. And because of this reason, uh, I thought it would be a good idea to understand um, how the adoption of digital transformation risen up to another level and what impact did the uh, pandemic have on performing the tasks manually. And uh, given that digital transformation is a powerful leverage for companies that aim to stay relevant, it is important to understand how and where the market is headed. Um, even uh, for that matter, as per research, it indicates that 89% of companies have already adopted a digital first business strategy and digital transformation market is expected to grow at a CAGR of 23% until 2025. But uh, what is interesting to also notice, as per a research by McKenzie, uh, less than 30% of digital uh, transformation processes are success. So let's understand how should we overcome this gap wherein when we are planning to digitally transform our CFO's function, we are planning it the right way. And for that, we have Michael today, and he's going to help me understand that better. So, Michael, what should a digital transformation roadmap for finance function, for example, accounts receivable department at a growing mid-market firm look like? An ideal uh, digital transformation uh, in, uh, as you said, the uh, account receivable department should be to set up, uh, in, in, at least in my mind, to set up robots so that uh, customers can quickly find out what is their balance, to set up robots to be able to monitor uh, aging receivables, to, to try to eliminate the human factor as much as possible, meaning to have electronic invoices uh, so that uh, they can uh, immediately recorded into the ERP of, of, of the company. Um, we have uh, SAP, for example, and uh, at the final stage, whatever is not uh, collected on time, uh, there should be a, a, an automatic way to 
so that the, the lawyers of the company or the insurance company, uh, the company that insure the receivables, be notified and start uh, the legal procedure. At the higher end, let's say, customers should be able to record their initial data by themselves, meaning that in my organization right now, when I want to open a new customer, it is a lengthy, a lengthy process. I have to collect financial data, to put them into SAP, to find uh, registration data about the customer and so on. It takes, let's say, uh, it can take up to two hours. Ideally, that would happen automatically. We are not that at that level, but I said ideally. And, um, you know, it's said that it's better late than never. Uh, what would you say are the reasons for a mid-market CFO to start thinking for digitally transforming their finance function today? There could be many reasons. I think the first reason is that it's something trendy and everybody would like to say, ah, I am on that train. But uh, apart from that reason, that for me, I don't know, it's not so serious, uh, there should be a necessity, a necessity to do something in a better way meaning the closing it can it can help you do the closing faster and more accurate it can mean a satisfaction of the people in the finance function uh, for example uh, after covid we are seeing the great resignation a lot of people are resigned because they want to work from home uh, and although uh, during COVID uh, it was successful to work from home, right now companies let's say are more reluctant, at least in Greece, to leave people work from home. And this is something that makes them embarrassed. So if a finance faction can have the proper, let's say, uh, technology and functionality, it would be nice, at least for me, uh, to leave uh, people work from home and uh, make them satisfied and um, reduce this turnover, let's say. And um, how, what role can automation play in ensuring employees' satisfaction at work? It can reduce errors, uh, first of all. And reducing errors by default uh, increase uh, satisfaction, meaning that the boss of, let's say, of uh, an account receivable accountant, if uh, he or she cannot find many errors, it's uh, it's uh, the, the, the whole, uh, how, how can I say, not only communication, cooperation is, is easier. Uh, uh, the second thing is that some things, some trivial things, can be automated so that the, the employee is not frustrated for data entry, let's say. Uh, in order to, to record an, an invoice, we need, uh, let's say, 10 minutes because there are many information in the invoice uh, and you have to, to manually data entry them in, into SAP. By automating this process, uh, we have ordered OCR systems and we have asked our clients uh, and our suppliers to, to use uh, electronic uh, invoices, so it's easier to record this information into SAP and uh, people are, uh, let's say, less frustrated from data entry. And it helps improve productivity, it frees up people to do value-added work, so I think all to of do, that also... To do other things, yes. yes, some kind of analysis, yes. 
Yeah. And I, I totally agree, right? It gives people the option to upskill themselves as well, which could be another lever, another lever to uh, retain talent. So my next question is uh, on understanding the challenges a CFO should plan for uh, when they are, uh, you know, thinking of uh, a, uh, or when they are chalking out their digital transformation roadmap. So what would you say are the key challenges that a CFO should plan for? Uh, the key challenges, uh, the first of all is to understand what is the real need. We are not doing digital transformation for the sake of, of as I said before, digital transformation. Uh, CFO must have a real need, accurate data, faster close, and so on. So first of all, to understand the need. Then to plan a budget, uh, to plan with the company and uh, to have a budget in mind. Uh, because uh, even for CFOs, it's more difficult to, to justify uh, big uh, investments. So uh, he must have uh, a particular budget uh, in mind with particular deliverables. And then can see how, uh, what is the role, let's say, the return on investment on this, uh, on this uh, expenditure. Uh, then to have the proper resources in place, people that will deal with a particular project and uh, are dedicated, uh, support, uh, then he has to support from top the whole project so that everybody sees that this is something uh, forced, let's say, or supported from the top management, not only the CFO, but even, even uh, the CEO. And uh, I would say as well, uh, have a particular definition of data. So when we are talking about something, everybody in the department and in the company understands the definition by the same way. When we are talking about turnover or sales, what do we mean? Net sales, road sales, uh, transportation inside. So there are a lot of things that each, each, each uh, person or each employee, depending on the department and on the position, understands in a different way. So the, the data, let's say, definition, uh, it's very important. Everybody should understand the same terminology by the same way. Sales, exactly. What do we mean by sales? Profit, what do we mean by profit and so on? Uh, you just mentioned about, uh, you know, planning out the investments, right? for a particular digital transformation roadmap. So um, so let's say if you are in the market for buying a solution that's going to help you transform a particular process or an entire function, um, how important is it to balance building capacity for tomorrow while being on a budget? First of all, it is important because otherwise you wouldn't do it. Uh, it is important to build capacity. And um, on the other hand, uh, so many high margins, we are a commodity company, we sell still, we do not sell something uh, fancy. So we're working with a very, let's say, modest margin. It's very important to stick on budget and to do certain uh, uh, things uh, at a time. Uh, if I work for Coca-Cola, my view could be different, but working for a steel industry, uh, I have to, to, to balance both the budget and uh, 
capabilities for uh, for the future absolutely and what if in case you know um, you implement a solution today um, that is not going to be 100% on catering to the capacity that you expect your company to grow into let's say in the coming 5 years then how should a cfo foresee the roadmap or uh, think about a plan to transition um, and be able to have the capacity let's say 5 years down the line first of all i would choose a solution that is scalable uh, i wouldn't go for a solution that i know that uh, it will work for me the next couple of years and then i have to to change i would go for something uh, um how can i say minimum at, at the time for example right now we have chosen grand photon we are doing we are going uh, to start digitalizing uh, to to you not know, to start to further digitalize our processes it's not a very big uh, let's say project it's a 150000 project but we are uh, working with a uh, a product a solution that can uh, help us uh, how can i say uh, expand in the future it's not a, it's a, it's a scalable solution uh, we are building databases and the the commercial tool that we chose i don't know if if we are free to 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 mention it it's uh, something that can go as far as we as we grow and um and what would you say is the right time to start measuring roi post implementation so you did say that when you are choosing a particular partner for a particular process automation uh, at that point it is also important to measure the roi so once the solution has been implemented what would you suggest is the right time frame to wait before you expect an roi from the solution i said uh... before that uh, it's not um, how can i say wise to expect uh, huge ROIs uh, 30 40% i i will be happy to to implement something double digit 10 11 12% of of ROI now when when is the proper time to to start monitoring is at least one year after the implementation of of uh, a project you you have to wait for a, a certain period of time to see what are the benefits and then starting implementing and and, and monitoring roi what do you think is more expensive the opportunity cost of let's say not automating a process that is in dire need of it or investing in automation of a process to let's say strengthen cash flow if you take example of accounts receivable definitely <laughs> the second one at some point in time uh, you should start otherwise you will be left behind and the competition will uh, make you obsolete so yes uh, i think definitely the second thing you mentioned uh, we have uh, companies has to start slowly Uh, but has to start uh, implementing uh, some uh, digitizing some uh, uh, accounting um, accounting uh, works uh, otherwise they will be left behind and by left behind meaning uh, either their people will leave or uh, comp- competition will make them left behind and um, if i ask you uh, what are the fears that you see your peers have um to implement a digitization strategy 
then what would that be? For me, the priority always is from the commercial or the sales department. Uh, so if you have, if a company has a particular budget, definitely they will start from digitizing uh, sales and commercial activities and then will come to, to finance because uh, don't can be wrong but uh, the the steam power of every company is sales eh? first of all you have to sell and then you have to account for the sales so since the majority of companies have a certain budget always they start the digitization from other departments and then come to finance. So the first thing is uh, budget constraints and uh, then it is uh, who is higher in the hierarchy. Uh, we have the CEO, com uh, commercial guy and the finance guy. Uh, depending on the company, in, 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 in uh, trading companies like our, uh, in the hierarchy there is a bit higher the commercial guy. So he has a priority. In other companies, let's say service companies, uh, maybe there is the, the finance guy. So uh, if there is a particular budget, he can start digitizing uh, his processes first. Got it. And uh, Michael, as a CFO yourself, what is today your biggest priority for automation at your company? We are trying, first of all, to automate um, some sales reports. Mm -hmm. We have started automating some sales reports because we have more than 100,000 SKUs and uh, we have different locations uh, in Greece, abroad, different salespeople. And uh, it's, uh, we have a very lengthy uh, daily sales report. So we first trying to automate this. Uh, and have one single screen and with uh, various um, boxes I can pick up what I would like to see. What I mentioned before was about what do we mean by, let's say, sales. Uh, is it invoice sales? Is it not invoice? Does it include uh, trans uh, transportation expenses or not? Or, uh, so uh, in the majority of time, me in accounting and finance, I'm trying to reconcile sales with commercial people. I see a different sales number and commercial people see a different sales number. So the first priority here is to reconcile commercial data that everybody in the company, when we're talking about sales and why I'm insisting about sales, because it's the first line of the, of the income statement, the revenue, we're talking about the same thing. And uh, apart from that, uh, I have uh, in, in, in the roadmap, digital, uh, trying to digitize some uh, accounting uh, functions or finance functions. For example, cash flow management, cash flow forecast, which is very difficult in Greece uh, because we have uh, post-dated checks. Post-dated checks, I don't know if you have ever heard of it. It is a check with a future date. date so yes. part of the receivables are covered with cash. Part of the receivables are covered with post-dated checks. But you don't know if the post-dated check will be honored. Maybe the, the guy who has signed the check requested further uh, increase in time. So it's very difficult to forecast this. So my, my first priority accounting and finance wise is automate cash flow forecasting 
and uh, michael though i think this is a little um, not on the lines of uh, what we've been discussing but um, why do you think businesses in greece still rely on paper checks and do you think it's sustainable look this is a very good question why they are relying uh, the first the obvious answer is because uh, this is what they know because if you have a check it's not money you can sign it and pass it over and over and over and with a single piece of paper uh, you can make uh, let's say 20 transactions in in, in in a row one after the other sign it and give it further and uh, why the greek government is supporting it i don't know i have to tell you that uh, we in Greece and I know we have a subsidiary in Romania, they have also post-dated checks, but not in the extent we we use them in in Greece. With one word, it's, uh, how can I say, it's safer for a company like us to cover an open balance with a check than to leave it open for 90 days because our payment days are 90 are a lot. So if I have a post-dated check for 90 days, it's safer legal-wise because the law is very strict for somebody that signs a check. And uh, talking about checks, uh, when when pandemic hit, uh, how easy or difficult was it to manage these papers, uh, paper-based checks, uh, checks during the pandemic and managing your account close? It, is, it was very difficult. It was very difficult because uh, the government uh, suggested that some sectors, uh, let's say tourism, uh, restaurants and so on, during the pandemic could uh, further uh, increase the payment, uh, the payment time by 90 days. Mm-hmm. So at one point I had checks in my hand for 90 days I used to factor these checks to assign them to bank and get uh, financing. And uh, suddenly we recognized that these checks will be honored uh, in the next 90 months. Uh, so we should uh, plan our financing because when you assign a check to a bank, there is a certain limit. You have this check, you are waiting this check to honor so the the limit empties and then take a next check but if this check is extended for 90 days then your limit remains frozen and you cannot take new financing so it was uh, yes it was uh, a challenge a great challenge for for us and uh, as a mid-market company yourself are you ready to adopt and promote e-payments Yes, yes, we're adopting. We're, by law, we have to adopt uh, e-payments and we're towards in this direction. So we're uh, changing SAP to adopt e-payments and we are encouraging uh, our clients to send them electronic invoices and our suppliers. For, uh, since our suppliers are located, 90% of them abroad, not in, not in Greece, in Europe, it's easier with the suppliers. They already have adopted uh, e-payments. With clients, it's a bit more difficult, but we are towards in this direction, yes. What would you say are some tips for your peers uh, that will help them 
let's say enable digital play, digital payments at CFO's office to explain to explain and to communicate what is the benefit from this to explain to their uh, customers to everybody what is the benefit because if somebody if you're trying to force somebody to do something uh, it's very difficult to do it but if you try to explain them to educate them what will be the benefit the mutual benefit i think it, would, it, it is much easier this is what i'm doing i'm trying to to educate people and to explain what is the benefit what you will have to get from this absolutely and what according to you would be the uh, most significant benefit of moving to an e-payments first CFO's office? Time. Automatically you record these invoices into your ERP, whatever it is, and uh, reduction of errors, because it's different to, to manually input something into a screen and it's different to have an OCR system and uh, automatically record the invoice into SAP, into ERP and ERP. Don't say SAP all the time. Absolutely. Perfect. I think those were my questions for today, Michael. It was a very interesting discussion. Started from digital transformation, touched the dignities of e-payments. So thank you so much for sharing your experiences. Uh, I um, thank you much. Absolutely. I mean, thank you so much once again, and um, and I hope that we have you on CFO Circle podcast soon. Uh, a podcast that's powered by High Radius.